<laughs> I don't give a hell. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't give a hell. I don't give a hell. What does giving a damn mean? Because you're like, you're like, I give a damn about him. But what is it like? What do you are you damning somebody? Is that what you give? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What does giving a shit about somebody mean? <laughs> you, you can. Know, I care about him so much that I'll take a poop. How <laughs> <laughs> about giving a fuck about somebody? That's oh, pretty boy. weird. That's interesting. Whatever. I don't give it's a hell. Crossing a line. Moving on. I'm Chris. I'm Bree. Oh, I'm Kai. We're starting the podcast. Yep. So it, that's are. how it always starts. He's talking about giving a hell. Yeah. Welcome to Heebie Jeebies. Where welcome. We ex- oh, welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Blah, that's so funny. Uh, this is a show where we explore the bizarre, <gasps> the mysterious, <gasps> and the downright spooky. Oh, God. This week, we're covering the history of the greatest holiday of the year. Easter. Fuck you. The 4th of <laughs> July. Memorial Day. Boxing Day. Oh, that's that's a foreign news holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we live in America. No, you dumb dumbs, Halloween. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about like the roots of the holiday. The band, the roots. Yes, the band, the roots. <laughs> okay. And I don't know anything about them, so that's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> it's going to be a good history lesson. And uh, the history... And the traditions that come from that history. So, are we going to go back in our way, way back machine? In our way, way <laughs> back machine. <laughs> All right, stop. Right there. We're did stopping. We How far back did we go? Uh, about a couple thousand years. That's fuck. I went wow, too far. That went really fast. <laughs> oh, no. To the land of the Celts. <laughs> Celtic tribes of the uh, Irish Islands, which today would be Ireland. Uh, United Kingdom, and Northern France. The Celts were an agricultural people at the mercy of the elements and subsequently rough winters when the seasons changed. So, it was during these times of transition from summer into fall that the mortality of the community became more relevant. So, on the last day of harvest, on November 1st, a day of prayer was led by Druids to usher in the first night of winter. This was called the Festival of Samhain. Samhain? Who? Samhain. It's his festival. Who is he? Uh, a pagan word for fall or November. Oh, what's up? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, sick. Cool. Okay. So, to the Celts, the times of transition held a mysterious and magical significance, and Samhain marked a seasonal shift from light to dark. During this shift, they believed space and time became more fluid, and the veil between the living and spirit realms grew thinner. Spirits of the dead and creatures of other realities could enter and run amok. Likewise, human could also wander into the unknown and become trapped in other worlds. So it was kind of like the Feywild. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> That's scary. That's really fucking cool. It's pretty fucking cool. <clears throat> Isn't there like a different plane in, in, that, in that? That's like the plane of the dead, though. In D&D? Mm-hmm. I don't I'm know. Sure you tell me. Is. I'm DM. I, th- I think there is. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Whatever. Who gives a shit? This isn't a D and D podcast. It could be. <laughs> I feel like is it now? We've got your energy level at like a one today, and yeah. I need you to like pump that up a little. Like a three. You want we need at three? least a three. Pump. Here oh, I go. I'm at a three up. now. Mm. Woo! He's getting there. Almost. I just 
listen. Let's keep talking about the Halloweens. The he- <laughs> Tell me what Samhain's all about, please. All right. Well, during Samhain, it was believed that those who had died in the past year would return to Earth. So it became customary to appease these spirits by journeying to the edges of the village with offerings. The most common gifts left uh, Snickers were- Snickers uh, bars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Foods and sweets. I bet they would love Snickers bars. If Honestly. They, you know. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? People who are allergic to peanuts. Oh, shit. That's why they died. Sorry. Oopsie. <laughs> that was really insensitive of me. That was very insensitive of you. It was. Fuck. Sorry. We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, this was thought to be the ancient basis of trick-or-treating, but we'll find out later that there's a lot more history than just that to trick-or-treating. On the night of Samhain, important rituals were performed. A large roaring bonfire was lit, and some participants would wear costumes of animal skins and masks to ward off evil spirits that may be lurking in the shadows. That sounds creepy as shit. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like, imagining, like, images of that sounds very unsettling. Tell you what, if I was an evil spirit, I'd want nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you were an evil spirit, you don't think you'd get down on that? No, You're that's like, way too scary. These guys are fucking For an freaks. evil spirit? Yeah. That's actually wow. kind of was was the point of it is was to look uh, very v- disturbing so that the spirits would think you're one of them and they wouldn't har- harm you. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And these bonfires uh, could actually be why bats became such a staple image for the time surrounding Samhain, um, because when the bonfire was roaring, it would attract bugs, and then they would be swooping around trying to catch the bugs. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So that's every cute. Year. Yeah, very cute. Yes. To honor the earth for its bounty, animal sacrifices were also performed, and their bodies thrown atop the flames. Which That's is a little not, less cute. <laughs> it's a little less cute. Uh, but I mean, they had good intentions behind all this animal murder. It was more to commemorate the earth for her bounty, so they would give back some <laughs> of their own. Yeah. Hey, thanks for these things. We killed them. <laughs> we killed them. We killed them. And we're burning to them. S- to for say no thanks. <laughs> We killed them to say thank you for making them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for making these beautiful creatures. We killed them for nothing. <laughs> it's like if and we're now we're burning them. A lady gave you her baby to raise, and then you raised it well, and you're just like, here you go. Stab. Yeah. <gasps> you give it back to her. Dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that that didn't fire. stay so much a tradition into modern day Halloween. Or did it? <laughs> or did it? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't maybe in some so. parts of the world. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but druids would burn the animals and then read their entrails after they were charred in a practice of divination, gathering what? insight from the gods for the coming year's prosperity and woes. Man, that sounds really weird. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, in, in modern times, someone <laughs> trying like, to do that? Like, telling you, like, okay, well, we're going to burn this goat after it's all charred up. Okay. I'm going to take a look at its burned body. I'm with you. And I'm going to try to read the future probably sounds far-fetched specifically from its <laughs> from its innards if we yeah. can well yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you lost me I, I was all on board with burning the goat but <laughs> to, to read its intestines come on yeah that's yucky come on i'm sorry you said this but did, were the the animals were they dead before burning um like were they sacrificed and then burned or were they burned I, I guess it depends on which druids run in the show. Oh, man. I think sometimes they would slit their throats and then burn them. That's but pretty chill. It's all up to the style. It's all up to the It's the flavor of the day. <laughs> Old Keith, he always burns them alive. 
<laughs> I hate that guy. Okay, Keith's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he gets real into it. I think he's like too into it. I kind of prefer when he's not the one in charge. It's like it, like it, you know, keeps Salen back in Salen and or whatever. <laughs> 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 we got too far down. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Anymore? All right, so. These prophecies and will of the spirits would spread by word of mouth through other villages and was thought to be one of the reasons why telling ghost stories on Halloween's was so commonplace. Oh. Yeah. So the higher up druids would give these prophecies and then it would sort of spread down. I'm just like, oh, did you hear what Keith said? (laughs) (laughs) I don't listen to Keith anymore. Did you hear what Keith saw in the goat guts? <laughs> so these ancient religious practices are still upheld today. Not the goat killing. I hope not. <laughs> I hope. Well, probably. People probably are killing goats somewhere. all the time. I mean, yeah. there, right now, there's somebody killing a goat somewhere. I don't doubt that. No, it's I'm just probably guaranteed that it's not for divination. Y- yeah. Who knows? It's a lot It's probably just for fun. <sighs> or I for think snacks. That's maybe worse. <laughs> probably more. The for fun snacks. part is worse. Snacks, at least, you're like using it. I guess. <laughs> What if they enjoy killing goats for snacks, though? Uh, mm, yeah. Well, then you're killing two goats with one stone. I mean, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I've heard. And I love killing goats. <laughs> I think that's bad advice when you start talking about killing stuff. Well, tomato, tomato. As far as I know, the uh, more modern pagan circles that uphold these traditions now don't have animal sacrifice. I. That's cool. It is I'm cool, cool with that. But for the rest of us, these rituals paved the way for the Halloween we know today, however bastardized they may have become. In many other cultures, such as ancient Egypt and Greece, uh, they had similar traditions of setting aside days to honor the dead all around the same time period. Um, This coincidence makes sense in agricultural societies because that was like a crucial time of survival when seasons were shifting, harvests fluctuated. Right, and that's when a lot of like other plant life begins to die, right? Joy! So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rome also played a part in adding to our modern Halloween traditions with practices of their own. Their society had a similar night called Pomona, which was dedicated to celebrating the goddess of fruitful abundance. <gasps> I just get an image in my head of just like naked people frolicking around covered in grease. Yeah. Uh, mine was the Chiquita Banana Lady. <laughs> That's Pomona. That's, That's the Pomona goddess, Pomona. The goddess <laughs> of abundance. <laughs> Chiquita banana. They celebrated her with a festival that took place around November 1st as well. Uh, to thank Pomona for all her bounty, some of her fruitful har- harvests would be laid out to commemorate her. And the old game of bobbing for apples originates from this festival. What? Yeah. So it's a lot more wholesome than killing animals. Yeah, I'm super cool. <laughs> what a stark contrast. Here's a bunch of people that are trying to catch apples in water versus people reading goat guts. <laughs> really fucking contrast. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 50 BC, these Romans conquered a large portion of Northern Europe, which spread many of their practices, like the Pomona Festival, across lands that originally celebrated Samhain. These two traditions of honoring the dead and celebrating the harvest began to merge into one holiday. However, with these newly realized traditions taking form, another force growing throughout Europe would reshape them. A group staunchly opposed to all things pagan. Can you guess? It's those gosh darn Christians. Those gosh darn Christians. They hate all things fun, like apples. <laughs> Christians <laughs> hate apples. Goats. They're yeah. all goat fanatics. 
In a vast religious takeover of Europe, early Christians attacked anything and everything pagan. In a new moral and religious battlefield, they claimed that the worship of natural forces and spirits to be blasphemous against the one true God. Again, against all things. Fun. Which is... Wh- which God, one again? with a capital G. Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Right. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the one. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. three of the one true God. Well, they're all one. I know it's that. It's the Holy Trinity, I've, Brianna. Please. One entity. I've heard of the Bible. I've seen one. <laughs> I've seen one once. Sure. Many pages. There's a lot of pages. Many, many pages. How could one person claim to know all those pages? Right? My God. Your well, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, our God. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. <laughs> so it was no easy task to try and simply wipe such rooted beliefs and integral cultural practices off the map. So, instead, the Christian missionaries would butter them up. They took a different approach. They were like, we could give you Snickers and you can shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. (laughs) They said, well, either you stop it or we'll fucking kill you. (laughs) Completely dead kill you and Um, all your families. Yeah, it did get to that point. Okay. But they tried to be nice about it first. With the Snickers. They tried to... uh, allow pagans to maintain their own traditions while putting a Christian twist on them. Pope Gregory I understood that the pagans would never be swayed from the beliefs and converted to become full Christians all in one step. So he had to make Christianity more attractive. This is just exactly like the birth of Christian rock. (laughs) Oh my God. It is parallels. (laughs) Wait, the kids are listening to rock and roll music and they're worshiping their Satans. But how about... We put a Christian twist on it. That's how Not of This World was born. Exa- yeah, exactly. that's an edgy Christian clothing brand. <laughs> Those are two funny words put together. Very hardcore. Uh, however, Pope Gregory III was more aggressive in, in the style you stated before. Wait, so uh, what was the first Pope? What did he do? Yeah, what, what, were, their, what were their crammed together tradition? What, what was it to look like? Pope Gregory I... That was the one that was willing to be more conducive. He had a, he had a quote that was something like, um, if you see a pagan praying at a tree, don't chop down that tree. Simply bestow Christ's name upon that tree and allow them to pray under his name. So <laughs> still pretty shitty, yeah. but <laughs> don't guess... chop down the tree. Carve it into a cross. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> While they're praying. Yeah. <laughs> I guess at least it's not violent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's still sure. not okay, right, but yeah. it's not killing them or mm-hmm. berating them. You know, like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. there are worse ways that did end up happening. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they <laughs> did end up berating them uh, because Pope Gregory the Third was unwilling to further accommodate and appeal to the pagans. Instead, he blatantly challenged them by claiming their holidays under the church. So, an important pagan holiday first um, was Lumeria, which fell on May thirteenth. Uh, it was originally known as a day to like placate the dead, which is kind of, it's sort of like a put those zombies back in the ground <laughs> holiday. <laughs> right. I don't okay. know what this big obsession is. <laughs> hey, go, go to bed. Go to, go to bed. Maybe they just thought, man, we are really good at keeping zombies away because I've literally seen zero. That maybe. <laughs> yeah. You just, we are very good at this. <laughs> you just uh, put a cake on the grave, pour some milk over it, you're good. Is that what they did? Yes. That's fucking funny. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. <laughs> I hey, got I got pull my cake on this girl. It's never not worked. 
Uh, just true. saying. Can't disprove it. We should head down to our <laughs> local cemetery and <laughs> bring some cakes <laughs> and milk just out. in case. Give it a try. So the church saw how important this was, obviously, keeping zombies in the ground. Duh. So they claimed it as All Saints Day to commemorate all of the saints who had not yet gotten a dedicated day of their own. Once that started rising in popularity, the Pope would further try to stomp out pagan holidays by moving it to November 1st, the same day as Samhain. Bastard. He's a real son of a... Son of a gun. (laughs) This time, it would be referred to as All Hallows Day, Hollow meaning holy person. I've always wondered what the fuck that, why. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. In Christian traditions, feasts are celebrated the night before, uh, like Xmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Thus, the previous night was known as All Hallows Eve, which evolved into the contemporary word Halloween. 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 So the word Halloween was also popularized in print by a Scottish poet. Um, His name was Robert Burns. And he wrote a poem that became popular in 1785. But this guy wrote the way that he spoke in his fucking Scottish Mm, mumbler mouth. (laughs) That's some good stuff. (laughs) And it literally was Halloween. So I assume that sort of spread. Yeah. So the church had begun to absorb that holiday as well, combating original traditions. But some defiant pagans still continued to wear their costumes and set out offerings for the spirits on those evenings, just simply under a different holiday's name. Another holiday was created to take place on the 2nd of November, following All Hallows' Eve with All Souls' Day to commemorate all those who had died that year, not just the saints and holy men. Okay. In regards to All Souls' Day, this also spread through Spanish Catholicism, where it was further shaped into its own separate celebration known as Day of the Dead. Yes. Mm, mm, yes. Checks out. Oh, I'm, re- I'm the resident Mexican in yes. <laughs> and correct. <laughs> day of the Dead, that's what we call it. That's what it's called. What do you call it in your people's tongue? A day of the dead. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> do no. your, do no, your no, no, no. Spanish narrator voice. Day of the dead. No, in, sounds a little bit like a vampire. It's a vampire. Yeah, but say it in Spanish. Dia de los muertos. See? <laughs> Spanish vampire. That's my Spanish vampire, a.k.a. the Spanish narrator. <laughs> I didn't know you had that in your pocket. I do, yeah. That's, That's like, the only way I can speak Spanish like cle- where it sounds okay. Otherwise, it just sounds like shit. It's like those discs that you listen to in mm-hmm. language classes where like it's very, very yes. clear and enunciated. <laughs> where no real person talks like that. Yeah. yeah, but just so that like the students learning it can hear it very like crisp and clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just I'm going to forever think of it as a Spanish vampire because you're right. It does kind of <laughs> sound like a vampire. There was a particular belief that became more prevalent on All Souls Day in which a soul trapped in purgatory could ascend to heaven if enough prayers were said for them. That's How uh, many is enough? I, however many <laughs> the fucking church told you. Well, no, God. <laughs> God decides. He's like, mm, okay, that's enough. Come on. <laughs> however many you could buy. I hope that it's like All a relative seven. enough because like if you don't like know a lot of people but your whole family prays all day. No, dude, like, yeah. Only the popular people get into heaven. <laughs> don't you know that? Oh, shit. That sucks. Duh. Those I are mean, bad rules. I don't like that. That was the way of the land. Like Christianity got uh, really exploitive uh, because yeah, sure. <laughs> they used to sell tickets into heaven to raise alms they, for the alms, church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, oh, what were those called? Frick. The tickets into heaven? Yeah, they're... Um, oh, shit. It's going to bug me so much now. Oh, Do man. Google man, it? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. I'm going to try to think of it while you're Googling it. I'm going to go in the mind fortress. 
Oh, I I get past the defenses of my fortress. You put defenses for yourself? There's a moat. Hot oil. (laughs) It was kind of (laughs) nice. What is this? I see indulgence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Indulgences. Yeah, they're called indulgences. That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty funny. All right. But either way, um, it became customary for people, uh, usually beggars and children, to go door to door where they would collect small spiced raisin cakes called soul cakes. And in return, they would sing hymns or say prayers for the residents and their deceased loved ones. Wait a minute. Is that some kind of trick-or-treating kind of a thing? Yes, it is, Chris. Continue, please. I would like to know more. Well, in those times, it was called souling, and the beggars were known as solers. But it would later kind of dumb. Yeah, a little bit. It's very uncreative. Hey, mom, go out souling. Can you be safe, sweetie? <laughs> Watch out for cars. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Because there weren't any cars yet. <laughs> <laughs> This tradition of begging became more of a staple on All Hallows' Eve, bringing out both playfulness and mayhem in those that partake. Beggars, Uh-oh. It will turn into an uh-oh. Uh-oh. Beggars would become more elaborate with their displays, sometimes singing songs or dressing up to put on small plays for the houses they visited. That sounds fair. That sounds like a good Cute. time. And in return, they were given money or food. Oh, damn. However, and this is where the uh-ohs come in. Uh-oh. Some more aggressive beggars would wear masks, which started the traditions of wearing masks for Ooh. Christians, to hide their identities, causing rowdy and drunken destruction to get what they wanted. Classic. When did they start requesting them to smell their feet? <laughs> Sorry, what? Trick or treat. Smell, smell my, my feet. feet. Give me something good to eat. Thank you, Brianna. That sounds like something an aggressive, angry drunkard would do. Yeah. Hey, smell my feet. <laughs> Give me some good. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave. I didn't be proud to rhyme. Even if the Christian holidays were gaining their own foothold, the existence of paganism was still seen as a threat in the eyes of the Christian Church. Witchcraft was considered one of the most ungodly practices, which just so happened to have been a very prevalent practice for pagans, especially around the time of Samhain. It was found so reprehensible that in 1486, Pope Innocent VIII. Mm-hmm officially outlawed the Celtic pagan religion altogether. That's, that's so shitty. That, like, like, just imagine that you're just like, hey, your religion is not legal anymore. I'm sorry. Hey, you're not allowed to do what you did anymore, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't hurting anybody. It was hurting goats, but... Mm. Well, you know. Yeah, but like they were practicing witchcraft, and that's bad because, the, because they said so. Yeah, Remember, they said so. Christians were like, witchcraft is like not like God, so... Mm. Uh-uh. Mm. No what good. What if all of the magic comes from God, though? Did you think about that? Well, but then how jealous must they be that it doesn't come through them? You know? Mm-hmm. That well, it wasn't coming through the witches either. No, I know. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I'm just saying that never would have stood that, like, these these weird folks that burn up goats are, like, beacons of God, and my European upstanding self is not. How terrible <laughs> is that? I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was fucking power-hungry motherfuckers just saying, no, yeah. I say no. And also probably uh, patriarchal issues because uh, the word Wicca, which is what it is originally called for the Celtic pagans, also means wise one. So the practitioners of witchcraft were often women, seen by the church as an evil manifestation of unruly feminine power, obviously. Yeah, that's why the church that's didn't why. like witches. Yeah. 
So in the 1400s, church zealots began to hunt down witches and brutally punish them as they were seen as a threat to the clergy, known as the devil's handmaidens. <laughs> witches were portrayed in church propaganda as gruesome, inhuman hags bent on evil and destruction, when they were probably just groovy naked chicks out in the woods. Honestly, just having a good time. Damn. Witch hunts followed, sweeping across Europe to include the death of Joan of Arc, who was burned at the stake. Even animals and everyday items associated with witches became associated with evil and the debauchery of pagans and their unholy holidays. What, what kind of items? Well, okay. Comical so, hats? Comical hats, because those were common for Con- rural women to wear. Oh. Oh. So, I mean, w- fucking witch! They and- just snatched them off these poor ladies' heads and burned them? Or did they burn the ladies too, probably? Probably the ladies were more important to burn. Some of them sometimes. <laughs> what other stuff? What other stuff? Um, so black cats were Aww. a famous symbol. Yeah. Bla- that's why black cats are still like, still there's like a negative opinion around black cats. Black cats are the least adopted, most often like abused or like killed cat. Yeah. Particularly around Halloween time, it's really sad. If you have a black cat, please keep them inside during Halloween and take very good care of them because they're beautiful and wonderful. If you have any cat, please take care of it and be sweet and love it and treat it good. I see you, Zev. I love you. So cats were seen as a symbol of the nocturnal and mysterious and known to be familiars or spirit helpers of witches. Which, again, I just think it's single women that have good taste in pets. Honestly. Well, also, like... If if they're in rural areas, it's smart to have cats around, right? Yeah, for so, the mice. Don't get into your fucking grain exactly, and shit. Exactly. Everybody has fucking cats. God damn it. A lot of this, like, associating, like, cauldrons and stuff is just, it's all household shit. You just happen to be afraid of that one woman. Right. So you say she's cooking brews in her cauldron and then it's automatically evil. Yeah. And I thought the same thing for brooms, but I did a little digging and found out there's a little more history, which is also sexist, for uh. brooms. These eccentric spinsters, often deemed as witches, would also sometimes dabble in recreational drug use. A common deadly ingredient of, quote, witch's brew was nightshade. But in entering the body through a mucous membrane, instead of ingesting it, this plant could get a, give a pretty rad high instead of death. <laughs> what was Can known you as... imagine which mucous membrane? <laughs> Probably the eyes, right? Nope. <clears throat> yeah, just smush it into your face. No, I know what it is. Oh, you know what's coming. Was the vagina? Ooh. That's right, I said it. <laughs> the oh, vagine. I said it. They would, uh, they would often literally uh, ride their broomsticks to get high. Yeah. So that's, if like that's not fucking metal. I feel like we've talked about this before. I um, think you've told us that before. Sure. I didn't know it was nightshade. I'm not surprised. But... <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was nightshade either. That is very interesting that of all of the things, a cauldron, that's just something that they have. Hats, mm-hmm. just something that they have. Cats, they just... But the broomstick, yeah, no, that's actually some fucking nefarious <laughs> shit. It's, it's the broomstick, and in a way that you would have never expected. <laughs> very creative. Solar's not creative. No. Jerking off of the broomstick, solid. <laughs> getting Jerking high up. no getting high with a well i mean sure they pro- well it's a double whammy it sounds like it hurts though yeah i mean sometimes they would like i'm pr- i'm sure they would grind s- on it Ew. and that's why you get the image of the you know the Ride. witch writing that's on really stick. funny yeah it is it's very funny <laughs> that's very funny but anyway it sounds painful to like rub a stick all over your vagina all over your vagina <laughs> all over your vagina <laughs> I mean, it would depend on like how well tended the 
The Sounds like they were tended to very well. <laughs> well polished. Just saying. Sounds they're, like they're really. You're probably making sure that that's sanded down nicely before you're grinding on it. They didn't have sandpaper, Brianna. They oh, had God. rocks. <laughs> <laughs> rocks is just nature's sandpaper. I thought sand was. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I was going to say. It's very funny that they were like, <clears throat> well, that any person with any drug really is just like, oh man, too much of this will kill you, but a little bit. <laughs> a little bit will be pretty cool. A little bit of the cooting. <laughs> a little bit How applied to the re- vagina. <laughs> How? Maybe she like dropped her, you know, you drop your broom accidentally into the nightshade. And then it just fell. And then you, you uh, later that night, dropped your body onto your broom <laughs> stick and you're like, whoa. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and then you go into a psychedelic montage. Yeah. How many times did somebody have to either get very sick or die to find out that mucous membrane mm-hmm. is the safe way to do this? I don't know. That's that's a question for those eggheads in Washington. So a huge shift would happen in 1517 when the church splintered due to a religious revolution led by Martin Luther. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember him. He hammered all those words to he the did. door. He, he just went words. bam, bam, and he was like, no more. Mm-hmm. A Protestant Reformation thesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the 95 Theses. He nailed them to the church door. Mm-hmm. What a bad boy. Suckers. Pretty fucking hardcore. And in this thesis, he denounced church dogma, which launched a reformation denouncing the church hierarchy and symbols of status that separated God from his worshipers. So I can get behind that. Yeah, that's pretty chill. But then it, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but then it. It became chill. less chill later. Yeah. Like most things in the world, <laughs> they became less chill later on. <laughs> so when the saints fell out of favor, the saints became less chill. So did All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve. But it was too popular of a holiday to simply fade away. Now, going uh, ahead a little bit, on November 5th in 1605, a Catholic militant, Guy Fawkes, was caught trying to blow up the Protestant-dominated House of Lords. On the 5th of November. On the 5th of November. Remember, remember. The 5th of November. Start a metal band or some shit. It's pretty good. We just have one song. That yeah, Guy it's Fox. called the 5th of November. No, it's not even about the <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's simply about the 5th day of November. How rad it is. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the 5th of November, he was hanged and quartered, and on the anniversary of his failed plot, children of London would mock and parody his attempts by creating chaos of their own, which is... That's pretty funny. Okay. okay. What the fuck? <laughs> it's pretty brutal. That sucks. <laughs> So they would parade through the streets in masks, begging and setting off fireworks and building bonfires. Now, you would think that this was a cruel display, but it's actually a celebration that is still held today in England. Oh, really? What? They love it. On the 5th of November? Yes. That's fun. It's called Guy Fawkes Day. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. (laughs) So moving forward to the Protestant settlers in American colonies... These Puritans were staunchly opposed to celebrating Halloween because it was both too pagan and too Catholic. What? Jeez. If we didn't like the Christians before, these Puritans are really uh, (laughs) some buzzkills. In 1692, Puritans became obsessive, leading to the notorious Salem witch trials. In total, 20 people would be killed, 
19 by hanging, and one crushed to death by stones. Oh, crushed to death. Ouch. Owie. However, elsewhere in America, there was still a good population of Catholics. Southern colonies in particular were known for their merry Halloween parties where they told ghost stories mm-hmm. and played games such as bobbing for apples, which back then was actually kind of ironically a hokey form of divination. What? Even Bobbing though- for apples? Yes. I'll tell you why. Please do. <laughs> so I thought it was funny because most people in these days did believe in witchcraft. So I, I don't know how divination is the exemption. But it did help to keep the spirit of Halloween alive with intrigue in the unknown and curiosity of the spirit world. So bobbing for apples was like a goofy way to discover your future soulmate. Uh, A woman would mark an apple and toss it in the tub. And it was believed that whoever snagged the apple was destined to marry her. And my immediate thought was just like, well, what if it's another woman? Were only men allowed to play? Only men are allowed to, Bob. (laughs) That's why uh, they call call them Bob. Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, like... There's like a finite amount of men. There's like five yeah. dudes. It's like, well, fuck. One of those guys is going to be my soulmate forever yeah. because I threw my goddamn apple in there. This is a small village. This is a really dumb tradition. <laughs> now see if there was like an ocean of apples. Right. That's kind of like a metaphor, you um, know? There's more bobbed apples There's in the more sea. apples in the sea. Mm-hmm. There's more apples bobbing, bobbing in, in the sea. sea. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) So at these parties, which became known as play parties, which sounds like it could be naughty, but it's very innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Divination became a popular game to predict futures. But these parties also included the whole community, not just adults looking to bang. Another popular activity amongst the younger crowd was carving pumpkins. (gasps) Wait a minute. What? That's like what we do now. We do that. What? Wowie. Were they always pumpkins or were they first other vegetables or fruit? Fruit. Chris, this is a leading question. I feel like you already know it. I had I had looked into why like jack-o'-lanterns exist in the past mm-hmm. and I remember seeing like, oh God, were they like p- turnips or yeah, something? Yeah, they were turnips. They're creepy as hell. They are. That sounds terrifying. They're so funny looking and scary. Like when, when a pumpkin starts dilapidating, it looks <laughs> gross and spooky, but like a tiny little turnip with a face on it, it rotting. It just like shrivels up. It looks all <laughs> like a shrunken head. It's that sounds funny. terrifying. Yeah. So I continue and want to hear what you have to say about it. Okay, well, uh, this tradition apparently resulted from the influx of Scottish and Irish immigrants, so they brought it over. They did potatoes first. That's racist. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> um, I think some people did use potatoes, but it was mostly turnips. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> it's not racist if it's... Ch- <laughs> yeah, it still is. <laughs> so they, like, as a whole, they brought more joy from old traditions, ushering in a cherished, like, rustic vibe to the holiday, um, especially because this was during the turn of the century when it became more industrial during the revolution. So turnips were originally used for jack-o'-lanterns in Ireland, uh, but they were adapted in America using pumpkins because they were a lot easier to carve. Oh. So there's, there's a little more history behind it. It's believed that jack-o'-lanterns came from the old Irish legend of a man named Stingy Jack, or Jack O'Lantern, mm. uh, who was a drunkard and a troublemaker. There's like a couple different iterations of the tale. Uh, so in some versions, he was said to have tricked the devil himself into striking a deal never to claim his soul. And in others, he had actually managed to get himself thrown out of hell once getting there. Either way, 
his filthy little soul was not allowed into heaven, so the devil <laughs> left him be um, with only a burning coal plucked from the fires of hell. That's all that he had to his name. And Jack placed the coal inside a hollowed-out turnip to use as a lantern to light his way on dark nights. Now cursed to wander the earth forever. That's pretty cool. That, that is, is really like cool. that story. I just imagine this guy like <laughs> if he's if he's still wandering around just like with his little turnip lantern, like bubbing cigarettes at a Seven yeah. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> You know I'm stingy, Jack. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> Wait, I know stingy, Jack. <laughs> the guy with the turnip. Yeah, what the hell? He's downtown. So by the end of the 19th century, the evil and fear-driven vibes of Halloween had been tamed into a much more wholesome holiday of harmless mischief and games and community, but that would soon change when the First World War struck. In 1914, America lost this playful whimsy. The nation was forced to grow up and people became more practical and hardened and they started to educate themselves more. Though the adults had no more time for frivolous parties, the spirit of Halloween could not die completely. Oh, that's spooky too. (laughs) Uh, The holiday traditions would be passed down through their kids who still held the innocence to enjoy these fanciful events. It was also around this time in the 1920s and into the 30s that Halloween became less of a rural tradition and grew more established in crowded cities. The revelries that grew in such populated areas also bred more mayhem, such as the way sure. of humans. The tradition of souling brought in by the immigrants didn't gain much of a foothold until this time. Uh, but once it did, the youth would rule the night, <laughs> which is terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. It's scary. So, so this sort of started the tradition uh, now of kids going trick-or-treating, but it wasn't, it had to become more streamlined. They actually gained themselves the title of trick-or-treating due to their mischievous taunts. Like, it literally was fucking trick-or-treat, motherfucker. Oh, God. That's terrifying. The idea of, like, a gaggle of give kids. give you a treat. Gaggle of kids at your door being like, give me something. Or, or I'll like, burn your house down. Or, like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. Uh, so they would pull more rowdy pranks. Um, and it was often adolescent boys doing most of, of these Halloween. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure. Of course it was. Duh. So some of the pranks that they would pull, like out in the more rural areas, they were kind of like, they were still shitty, but they were funny Mm -hmm. um, in the way of like, it sucked. Like they would steal gates off of fences so that the livestock could get out from their neighbors. (laughs) And then they would dismantle like tractors or hardware and they would reassemble it on top of people's roofs. That's really (laughs) funny. Damn, that's that's creative. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Really creative. Um, but in the cities, some people would steal cars and roll them to the tops of hills for a laugh. Ha 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 Your car's at the top of the hill, you dummy. <laughs> uh, they would also cause a variety of property damage, which is not as funny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Broke your window, you idiot. Ha 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 ha. sucker. Yeah, a favorite was breaking windows. Yeah, I mean, that's what uh, I would do. It's a classic little boy move. Mm-hmm. Another prank would be that they would take the steps off of the front of people's houses and move them so that when they came out the door, they would <laughs> fall. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. They're really creative. Man, kids, when they didn't have video games and fucking shit like that, they came up with real funny pranks that's hilarious that's just you know that's evidence that the kids brains are rotten Mm -hmm. and also arson oh yeah (laughs) that was a big problem good old so i guess the kids are cool (laughs) (laughs) so in 1930 
A total of a thousand windows had been reported broken on Halloween night in Queens. <laughs> and injuries, this one is fucked up. Injuries resulted from a derailed streetcar due to pranksters packing the rails with bars of soap. Oh my what? God. That's something that I imagine those kids were probably like, this isn't going to fucking work. And then and when then they saw it happen, they were like, oh, oh no. Shit. Oh God, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Scatter. That, that realization when you're like, uh oh, that was not a good thing to do. I did not think that was going to work. This troublemaking was at its worst during the Great Depression, which, I mean... Of course. Yeah, it was probably a product of the time to serve as an outlet for the country's extreme sorrow and frustration. If Halloween was to survive as a holiday, it would have to be tamed. Because that shit's wild. That's a little out of control. Yeah. At at the height of this in, like, the 30s, like, the 20s and 30s, Halloween was more known as Hell Night. (laughs) So everybody lock your doors from teenagers. Uh, so later measures were taken to somehow occupy all these rowdy children and the communities began enacting their own structured traditions of townwide parties and games and costume contests, pretty much like anything that they could think of to encourage community and to like channel the energy of these fucking Can we do something ass. positive with this <laughs> instead of fucking derailing streetcars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. These actually started taking root. They, they, they were actually working and commercialism for Halloween began to grow marketing more activities and costumes towards children. So there were actually, I don't know if you remember these, but I remember these from uh, when I was a kid. There were Halloween guides that were printed for all sorts of like ideas for kids to engage in. Mm, it, nope. Like I remember, well, maybe I just had old timey books from Thistos. Yeah, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, they had like those ideas of like, oh, for a little haunted house, you peel grapes and then your eyeballs that people stick oh, yeah. their hands I mean, in. I've seen that kind of stuff. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen those kinds of things. Like even in like magazines that would come mm-hmm. out around Halloween time. Yeah, so that sort of thing. Um, the most popular from this time were called Boogie Books. That's boogie a good name. Books. It's a good cute. name. And I thought this was interesting as like a costumer. Costumes began to be marketed specifically for Halloween because before that, all the costumes were homemade. Oh. So this is when it started getting actually like really commercialized. There had been parade style events in America dating back to the early 1900s, like 1905, I think is the earliest recorded one. Um, but with this reignited spirit of wholesome festivity, Anoka, Minnesota was happy to claim the title of America's Halloween capital. In their own efforts to reign in the chaos of Halloween, Anoka dove full force into extravagant costume parades and organized events, which allowed the rest of the country to follow by example. So this is when it became a widespread thing and it started to form of what sort of like what we know today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Minnesota to pull it together into a happy community. What year? Was uh, this was in, I think it was 1920. Okay. Yeah. With this new, more lighthearted spirit of handling little shithead vandals, trick or treating began to reshape into what we know today. The tradition as we are familiar is only about like 80 years old. And it first began as like a cheeky way to subdue tricksters. So, I mean, the vandals were still happening, but worried homeowners would make homemade treats like popcorn balls and candy apples to butter up the pranksters to hopefully sway them from trashing their property. In 1939, the phrase first officially turned up in print. Doris Hudson Moss published in a magazine how her efforts of holding a Halloween open house for the neighborhood children helped to significantly quell the pranksters that year. So that's pretty clever, I think. Yeah. It's also... 
hilarious that it's like <laughs> you're be you're being held hostage please. by teenagers. <laughs> yeah, you're like please here, <laughs> please take the popcorn balls. <laughs> please take this. I made this for you and your friends. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> but again. Uh, war would overshadow this slowly rekindling spirit of fun. In Damn it, war. Damn it, war. Just when I was starting to like it. Fuck off, right? War, I mean. Just <laughs> starting to like war. <laughs> Comes back and ruins Halloween. Yeah. World War One ruined Halloween the first time. And his the brother. Great War. Great War Two. Great War Two. Electric Boogaloo. This time for real. <laughs> <laughs> In parentheses, this time for real. Uh, in the 1940s um so this was at the forefront of, of everybody's concern world war ii uh survival and practicality once again became the utmost importance and halloween was canceled altogether in many areas however after the war was over the holiday served as a long-held sigh of relief and was celebrated with a vengeance i'm sorry how well. did you tell a whole town like hey halloween's canceled rowdy kids are still gonna be like yeah but where's my fucking candy apple I mean, no, that's... they're not. They're going to be like, damn, dad's going to fucking die. Yeah, probably. Or they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to go die. They were like recruiting children to collect scrap metal for the war efforts. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Uh... Yeah. So when the economy began to pick up again, after such a bleak time, there came a splurge in spending and a widespread baby boom. <gasps> bred a whole new generation of Halloween fanatics. Fuck yes. Fuck Yeah. I don't know so much about the baby boomers, but <laughs> I was just saying, yeah, where are we saying mm, fuck yes, baby, baby boomers? boomers. Fuck yes, Halloween booms. I thought you were gonna say fuck yeah, fuck yeah Halloween boobs. Mm. Oh yeah, when does that come in? Do you, is that in there? Halloween boobs? Yeah, like when did when did when did people go from being ghosts to sexy ghosts? To boobies. You guys, to this year boobs. I think I'm gonna dress up as boobs. <laughs> I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go as sexy boobs. See, your costume's kind of lame, but I'm going to be sexy boobs. It'll be a little bit better. I'm going to be boobs with a skirt or a little mini skirt. And a bikini top. Boobs. Open boobs. Just one boob. (laughs) One big boob with a bikini. Can we together be boobs? boobs. Oh, man. Yeah. We should have started a long time ago, though. Yeah. So what? You're already a boob. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, you got me. So, from the 50s onwards, Halloween was in full swing, commercialized, and a community ritual celebrated by millions. It was at its height. It had never before been so popular and well celebrated. Like, this is... Like, it wasn't that long ago that Halloween became a thing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not that long ago at all. But I think it is a fitting analogy of, like, you know when bands are, like, super cool, but then they get popular, and then the fan base starts to get real shitty? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happened to Halloween. So in the 1970s, rumors of poisoning and tamper treats began to circulate. The urban legend of razor blades and apples, pin stuffed chocolates, and candies injected with poison became an annual worry. As kids, let me let me ask: mm-hmm. Did you guys did this problem exist in your lives as children? Yes. Yes. To what extent? To the extent that I remember. My grandma watched the news all the time and I remember my grandma talking about it and like hearing about it on the news and I personally was afraid of candy. I was afraid of eating candy as mm-hmm. a kid. Like I would like break chocolates apart to like see if there was anything in them before biting them because I was so afraid. That's oh, pretty man. good. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I did. 
it was it was always like on the news a lot and my my mom was pretty paranoid about that stuff but then like one year she kind of went through phases like she went through like a christianity phase where she was just like little mermaid is the devil and then there was one phase where she was just like you can't go out you're gonna get murdered by candy um (laughs) (laughs) um but so after that year it's i became more aware of it but then she stopped giving a shit and then i remember distinctly unwrapping a tootsie roll and there was like powder in it and then i was just like I don't care. It's fucking pixie, pixie stick. I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> and it's probably just the stuff they use to coat it, so it doesn't yeah. stick to the inside of the wrapper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I was a child and we went trick or treating, my parents would take me to the hospital and they would do X-rays on my candy. Yeah, that, that was that was a thing that started in the 70s. That happened to me, I think, two or three times. That is insane. Yeah. We went to the hospital and got X-ray. It, it was like a common thing because there was other like like the doctors knew like the people at the hospital knew that that was gonna happen. What a fucking waste of resources for those for real. Doctors. Yeah, also, wait, I on. bet the fucking X the radiation of my fucking candy was way worse <laughs> than the, it, like just the chocolate I was about to eat. That's true. <laughs> Why didn't they like warn parents so they wouldn't have to do? I don't that? know. Maybe, maybe I'm sure that they did warn parents because you got you have to sign a fucking waiver mm-hmm. to get a, an I, X-ray. I don't know how much like X-ray radiation affects candy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much it'll like get in there. I don't know. I mean, it affects I your have organs. A really sure. important question. Sure. Did your parents pay for this to be done? I have no fucking clue because I was a baby boy. <laughs> I, don't, I just remember doing that. Is this something that I we remember can looking ask? at my ca- my candy, like looking at my candy X-ray, and seeing like a metal thing in it, and being like, "What Whoa. the fuck is that?" It was like a little toy thing where you like hit the thing and it was a little ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not dangerous at all. It's just a little <laughs> toy because people don't poison children on Halloween oh for no reason. Gosh. <laughs> they, don't, they don't waste their razor blades like that. See, <laughs> I was very important. I was my own worst enemy as per usual. I was scaring mm-hmm. myself. Like, Anxiety, baby. My, my grandma like like offhandedly mentioned like oh razor blades in the apple and then i like lost my fucking mind Grandma, casually now they're putting razor, razor blades <laughs> in the apples i'm now, not huh? kidding though and that's very funny she casually mentioned it to my mom that's and then insane. i spent the that, rest that, of my life mm-hmm. opening like breaking that, apart that chocolates rumor persisted for 30 yeah. probably to this day i'm sure I'm people sure. still think that yeah I'm sure like I had assumed, forty years later. Yeah, I had assumed that it died out, but like we're not kids anymore, so we don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. No, dude, it has not died out. Like I remember, I th- I was probably like twenty one or something. Mm-hmm. I worked with a woman who, who had children, and she was like, I remember her saying like, "Oh yeah, we went trick or treating, and we got home, and the kids are always upset because we have to like take the candy away and check it." Like she and her husband would like check the candy to make sure that there's nothing weird about it. Before their kids could have it. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Like, you're going to strangers' houses and you don't know who these people are. But, like, that just fucking sucks. That sucks for the kids, too. Just like, yay. No. No. (laughs) No. Nothing is good in this world. (laughs) Even free candy. (laughs) You know how this is, like, your favorite night you got to dress up and have so much fun and get a whole bunch of free candy? Yeah, you can't trust it. Hang on. Someone's trying to kill you. The world is a terrifying (laughs) place. (laughs) All right. So... Taking facts instead of just urban legend into account, based on a study from 1972 with this, when this hype started getting big, which was followed up again in 1982, apparently 75% of these cases involved no true injury, and a vast majority of them turned out to be hoaxes. 
Nice. Yeah. It seemed to be more of a hysteria spread by word of mouth and rumor, though that's not to say that there were never any single true cases. In Minneapolis on Halloween night of 2000, a 49-year-old man named James Joseph Smith was arrested when it had been discovered that he was sneaking needles into the candy that he had been handing out to children. Jesus. So, like, to twisted fucks, it seems like a perfect way to cause harm to innocents with, while still being anonymous because nobody remembers where they went. Right. Um, and also a nightmare for parents, allowing their kids to like run off into the night to gather goodies from total strangers. But that said, in most of the cases that had injury or fatalities, it was often by people that the children already knew. Such was the case of Ronald Clark O'Brien in 1974, a Texas father who earned the sick nickname of the Candyman after poisoning his own eight-year-old son, Timothy. Jeez. O'Brien had given the boy a large pixie stick that had been laced with enough cyanide to kill three grown men, all in an attempt to collect on life insurance. And by the way, to get his ruse across, he had made five pixie sticks that he also handed to his friend's kids. They just happened. Yeah, they didn't eat it. Only his son did. Oh, my God. Fucking asshole. What a fucking monster. Mm -hmm. After further investigation of what was originally a story of falling victim to trick-or-treating treachery by a stranger. Investigators found the father guilty and sentenced him to death. And it only took 46 minutes for the jury to decide his fate. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And (sighs) on the day of his death, I don't know, I feel like this is kind of in poor taste, but on the day of his death, demonstrators gathered outside in masks, chanting (laughs) trick-or-treat. Jesus. Oh, that's creepy, if nothing else. Yeah. The Candyman also became just as notorious for being, quote, the man who killed Halloween by reinforcing the fear of the urban legend. Like, trick-or-treating is so magical. It is, and it's so fucking, like, pure and lovely. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, about the only time in, I think, like, present day where it's okay to be going to neighbors that you don't know and knocking on people's doors and getting candy. I know that there's like that hysteria surrounding it of like you can't trust anybody. I but I feel like Halloween is the night that you can trust other people. That's more how than most times. It always felt anyway. Mm-hmm. And like this is exactly the sort of thing that's like so upsetting is because it, it's supposed to be with the one night of the year that you can yeah. trust everybody and now you're like breeding this fear that you can't. It's supposed to be just all fucking Snickers and Hershey yeah. Hershey bars and now it's fucking needles and cyanide, assholes. But that's that's just the rumor. The truth it's is, the rumor. People are beautiful and friendly on Halloween. Usually. Yeah. Maybe not teenagers, but the people handing out the candies are usually good. Yeah. But needless to say, unless they're giving out Mike and Ike's, oh, like fucking good and plenty's. It's gross. I don't. Good and plenty's is un. Uh-uh. I'd rather have needles. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever fear was bred from this, fears always surrounded Halloween, of course, but was originally rooted in spirits and ghouls, with the threat of a more human fear that focused on one another rather than outside forces, the holiday began to include a more sinister edge within the long-standing mystical atmosphere. Uh, this ushered in a boom of 1980 slasher fix that profited off of the cultural hype. Yay! Yay! Yay, horror movies! (laughs) So this would shape the more modern tradition of marathoning movies on a long Halloween night. Yes! That's my shit! (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to ask, what is your favorite movies to marathon? 
on Halloween. Mm. My favorite Halloween movies. Yes. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like movie. I don't like. <laughs> uh, you don't like film. I don't like Halloween movies. I don't know if I actually even like any of the uh, like classic Halloween movies. They honestly. don't have to be the classic movies no. that we watch. Like we always watch Nightmare Before Christmas. That's like a Christmas movie though. Yeah, but and it's a also Halloween a Halloween movie. movie. Wow, that's a double. That's a double feature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch it on both holidays. This one's new, but I feel like it, the newer It movie, might become one of my go-to's. That was a, pr- that was a pretty good movie. That was pretty good and scary. I think that I personally would like to make the newer It movie and probably Coco. <laughs> well, <laughs> very drastic <laughs> differences between the two, but I feel like those two plus Nightmare for Christmas might be like mm-hmm. my my Halloween essentials. You like the real stylized stuff. Oh, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. I like that movie very many. Um, yeah. Also, like Edward Scissorhands. Those Tim Burton movies are are good for Halloween time. They got the good fun and the spookies. Yeah. yeah. Little yeah. Bit of we have to watch Beetlejuice. I like the gore. Edward Scissorhands used to be my favorite movie, but it Ever. is not anymore. What's your favorite movie? Oh, Brother Rat, though. You knew that. I didn't know that. You Wait, what are yours? <clears throat> Oh, I said the gore. That's not a movie. <laughs> no, it um, might be. It might be. It might be. I like, you know, I was just watching like these classic 1980s slasher fix. So I was just watching Halloween right before we recorded this. Hell yeah. And I like this sort of like the B movies like Critters, also an old Leprechaun, that sort of like cheesy oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leprechaun is a bad movie. Uh, yeah, It's great. Yeah. Oh, we should watch Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Oh, Evil yeah, Dead. Those are good really movies. Good. Yeah, we can all agree on Evil Dead. Hell yeah! So, what was once a holiday meant for kids only about forty or fifty years ago has since grown up with those generations. The kids that grew up with those traditions still have a nostalgia for the holidays, and thus today it is celebrated just as much by adults as it is by children. This has also seen a boom in the haunt industry, as once people have grown out of trick or treating, the compulsion for a spooky night out still remains. Driving us to seek out our fills in more adult environments. Maybe not for you guys. No, I'm, I don't like getting scared. No, thank you. I like getting scared inside the comfort of my own head. Yes. <laughs> Which I do often. That's plenty enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> my thoughts are terrifying enough. But yeah, like haunted houses, I think have been a thing for a while, but they were always like homemade yeah. sort of draws, which were really fun for trick-or-treating. I don't know if you guys did any of that. I was way too scared. I was too scared. To go to the spooky houses. Uh-huh. I have a very like vivid memory. There was one house on my friend's block. It was kind of in a in a nicer neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave out the dopest candy. Hell yeah. But there was one house where there was this man. I have this fucking vivid memory of they had all the lights off in the house and all mm-hmm. the lights off. The garage door was open, but all the lights were off inside. And he was sitting like three quarters of the way up the driveway in like a rocking chair mm-hmm. and um, he had a bald cap on and all this like makeup and he was wearing this like tattered old lady dress and he did this like horrifying like old witch voice <laughs> and he would beckon you he would say like that you would have to come get the candy from him mm-hmm. and like as soon as you did like some shit would start coming out of the garage or like nice. so, like a light would flash in the garage and you would see yeah. all this like horrible shit <laughs> and I remember standing at the edge of his driveway and weeping because <laughs> 
<laughs> because my friend Tim went up to get candy and I was so afraid for him and He's I wouldn't die. do it. And then my mom said that she would do it for me and I was like, no, please. <laughs> Not mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, that sounds so fun to be that person. Yeah. Though. I know. That sounds really fun just to scare children. <laughs> I had um I had a similar house uh where I grew up and it, it was a, a guy dressed up as an old woman mm-hmm. who did who did the whole creepy voice and he sat in in his garage when it was dark. But I went to him every year. I was so scared. I, for like 3 years I wouldn't do it. The year that I did it, I went up halfway to the driveway and I was just like, "Throw me the candy. Throw me the candy." <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, I'll try." And then he just tossed it out like haphazardly and he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. You have to come get it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And so when I went up to get it, uh, the lights came on and then turns out it was Jason's mom and Jason Voorhees was coming out from the (gasps) darkness to chase the kids away. It was so fucking dope. Oh, my God. It was terrifying in the moment, but it was was so good. I realized that I don't have any of these experiences because of where I grew up. I didn't trick or treat. Oh, We uh, we had something called trunk or treat where we go around to people's cars and get candy from their trunks. Yeah, they do that at churches. They do do that at churches. I did it at churches sometimes. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in church. You just took the candy. We just went to the churches and stole all their candy. (laughs) (laughs) No, we did because we were in Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts did that. Did you still have fun? Did you have wholesome trick or treat fun or was it lame? It was kind of lame, but oh. I got candy out of it, so that was pretty cool. I oh, like candy. candy. There was also a thing in where I grew up called the Halloween Carnival, and mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. Is that where they have like the rides and stuff? It's more just like crappier than that. It's like <laughs> it's like little games, like little booths and games, yeah. and the like you know uh, baked goods, that kind <laughs> of a thing. Yeah, I remember we did that at, like Halloween s- tradition at school. We yeah, it was at the school, out. but it was like. I think it was on Halloween Day. I don't remember. Either way, good, wholesome, fun. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. But yeah, I love haunted houses and I love how industrialized they have become because <laughs> because it's actually like a business now instead of just at houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I worked there for a couple of years. I worked yeah. at, at haunts um, and it's just, I love it. I love that it's become an adult thing, but... I mean, even outside of that, like growing up now and like seeing our friends that are having kids get to sort of usher in their kids into this whole Halloween world and get to see them enjoy it. It's very sweet. It is really super fun because I feel like there's there's always this like funky interim between like as you get into teenagehood and you start to get too old to trick or treat, but you're maybe not old enough or haven't discovered Mm -hmm. like the haunts and that kind of stuff yet. And I'm not super into that. I'm not like that shit freaks me out. So I'm at a really good place now where I'm like, fuck yeah. Like show me your kids costumes. Like I'm so stoked for (laughs) one of my friends is going to dress up as Morticia Adams and her daughter's going to be Wednesday. And I'm so fucking excited. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) And it's her birthday. It's the mom's birthday on Halloween. So oh, wow. it's going to be just this beautiful, wonderful <laughs> day for them. And I'm so stoked. <laughs> See, that's adorable. I love that Like, it's become like such side by side, an, an adult thing and a kid thing that mm-hmm. everybody enjoys. Yeah, that like Halloween is a holiday for everybody now. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more posts that are saying like if you see like teenagers coming to your door trick-or-treating like don't turn them away for being too old to be like yeah. like 
understand that like they could be out doing like some heinous shit and the fact that they're exactly. trick-or-treating is great and so like like welcome that and give them mm. that and also because you should be allowed to still trick-or-treat as a teenager because it's fucking fun and it's exactly. hard to say goodbye to that i still <laughs> lament it yeah it's bullshit that's I, why you gotta have a kid and then make them trick-or-treat them do it but then it's not the same it's and then also the you have to have a kid yeah. <laughs> so wrapping this up what is it that draws us to Halloween? Why do we harbor so much love for such a weird holiday? Do you guys have any thoughts on this? You know what? This is going to be not... <laughs> We're probably going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about it. Like, I'm always very excited for Halloween. Mm-hmm. But like, once Halloween comes, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't care anymore. Like... <laughs> Because I think it has a lot to do with having to work all the time yeah, and yeah. being very busy yeah. and not being able to like prepare for Halloween or like mm-hmm. like having that build up to it. I think like, a I lot can't, of it is. I can't, I can't get into Halloween because I'm fucking busy all the time. And then like I work on Halloween. So like, <laughs> why the Ooh. fuck do I care? You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've worked on every Halloween that has happened since I entered the workforce so that's very depressing yeah it Uh, sucks i definitely get you i think this year is one of the first years that i because i always do get really excited about it but then it sort of starts to fizzle out because i realize that i don't have time and i don't have money to to be doing all the things that i want to be doing so this year is one of the first years where i'm i'm a little more stoked because we're planning a halloween party and i actually Mm -hmm. feel like you know we can actually like afford to have stuff as opposed to just like we can afford to make food and drinks for our friends and like it feels like we're a little bit more able to Mm -hmm. put it on so i'm a little more excited about it like my excitement isn't fizzling the way that it normally does (laughs) well good yeah i'm glad the question of like what it is about it that's so fun though i don't know i think Probably for me, having been a kid so afraid of everybody Mm -hmm. and everything, like for it to be like one night where I don't have to be afraid of the whole neighborhood is really cool. That's an interesting way to look at it. Like, even though like you're surrounded by spooky things like a grandma in a garage. Yeah. But like (laughs) I can trust the people in the houses. Like, yeah, it's kind of like being able to have fun with your own fear because you know it's safe. Yeah. And it's like. I can I can avoid the scary grandma in, in the driveway if I want to and like hit each house on either side. I know that like that's not going to leave its area to scare me. If it's scary there, that's okay. I don't have to go there. But I also know that it's not actually dangerous. That's kind of special to hear because like you being such an anxious kid. Yeah. Like you being able to go out on your own on Halloween night and be adventurous and sort of yeah. experiencing all these things. It's special. Yeah, man. I have other memories from like one of the last times that I went trick-or-treating and it was with you and Cassie. There's just something so magical about like the fall air, like it's getting cool, especially here in California. Like it doesn't really start to get cool until (laughs) about Halloween. (laughs) Just like the chilly weather. I remember Mm -hmm. like by the time that we were done trick-or-treating, we went to a little park and went on the swings and hang, hung out late because just, we were like 13 or whatever. So we were a little older for Halloween and that good old fucking Samhain vibe. Yeah, man. <laughs> fucking love it. The Feywild. Just fucking dig in the Feywild. 
I think it's fun because of sort of that like ritualized freedom mm-hmm. because you do get to go out and, and be little hooligans on your own. And then that sort of, I mean, that's as kids and then sort of going in as an adult. Like I realized however like weird you are, it's almost celebrated on Halloween. Yeah. And when usually it wouldn't be. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, like all of a sudden, all the like weird shit that you're excited about is like, oh, you're the goddamn like king or queen of Halloween because you already have all this like ready to go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's a magical time, and I love it. I yeah. love Halloween. It is the best holiday, not Easter. Easter has to do with death, also. It does. Or rebirth. Easter has to Zombies. do with undeath. Mm-hmm. Re no, you're right. It, okay, so nobody poured milk on Jesus's. That's grave. why that happened. Is, yeah, with a cake. Fools. That's exactly why that happened. And then the uh, Christians took their religion. So mm-hmm. well, that's what we learned from that. <laughs> should should have done milked him. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that wraps up our history of Halloween. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to add to the discussion, if you want to tell us any of your favorite trick or treat stories or anything like that, I'd be interested to hear. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I e- wouldn't. Well, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> They'll listen to him, and I won't. I'm the one that checks the email anyway. So have we got any emails yet? No. You could be the first. <laughs> so <you laughs> not can, that I would know. You can email us at uh, heebiejeebiespod at gmail dot com. The Instagram is heebiejeebiespodcast. Look, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> all right sucker <laughs> all right our next episode is going to be a special halloween story reading of creepy pastas creepy peepees creepy peepees <laughs> maybe it might be what it is it might be something different <laughs> you never know you, you don't know that's in the spirit of halloween we could trick you or treat you goodbye do you, do, wait do you have a library minute Oh, yeah. uh, what? <laughs> Your library minute, Chris. Have you a forgotten? A fact about the library? Yes. Oh, um, you know that it's free? Like, the library is just free. And you can mm-hmm. go there whenever you want and get a card. And as long as you keep bringing back the books, they'll keep letting you take more books. And also the people who work at the library are really nice. Uh-oh, got two facts. Uh-oh, <laughs> you owe me. It's... You owe me. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I pulled up the Chiquita banana lady (laughs) (laughs) to look at her. Very important. What's her name? Pomona? That's Pomona. (laughs) It makes me think of like fucking, what's his name? The the Count or whatever from uh, uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame. He wanted to kill the gypsy. Because he couldn't have her. Because he couldn't have her. Such is like the long running Mm -hmm. tragic tale of humanity. What? Fromo? Frollo? Frodo. Frodo. (laughs) Fear mail. <laughs> Somebody listening to this right now is just fuming. <laughs> it was what was it? Folo? Frollo? Frollo? Count? Crap. Fro, fro, fro. Count Fro Google? 
Check the Google machine. Claude Frollo. Frollo. Monsignor Claude Frollo. Yes. Said Frollo. That. What's cool? We'll cut out all the other <laughs> shit that we said <laughs> that was <this>. dumb. <laughs> It'll be a really shitty cut that'll just be like, what's his name? Frollo. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I can say whatever I want right now. It's getting cut out. <laughs> He's going wild. <laughs> Sorry. What were we talking about? We were talking about witches. Oh. <laughs> oh, I have an opinion about this. <laughs> We've already uh, it's, <laughs> it's that Christians shouldn't have taken away the witch powers. <laughs> <laughs> they had powers until the witch. <laughs> Until they said no. <laughs> the Christians were like, no, that's illegal. And then the witches were like, no, my powers are gone. Right. I believe it happened one time. There were a few And instances. it was a father who put it in his son's candy apple. Way to fucking spoil it, Chris. I'm pretty sure. Was that but something we'll you have already in there? Yeah. Oh, my bad, dude. We'll get to it. Listen, I don't read the script. <laughs> <laughs> you said maybe we should, and maybe you're right. But, <laughs> 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 but here we are. <laughs> You know that a lot of people listen to this, Brianna, and that's really gonna hurt my feelings that everybody heard that. <laughs> we can cut it out. I don't know out. why oh you guys put me down on the podcast. This <laughs> <laughs> was the thing we do together. Hey, love you. Continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> Who is driving that goddamn I train outside? Dude, I don't every, know. Every can time I hear that, I just like. <laughs> can we tell them to get off? That of was the fucking. That's like street? the third time I've heard I that. Know. That's really weird. Where is it coming from? There's no train around There's here. There's no train tracks around here. It's it a ghost happens train. now and again. Oh <gasps> god, that's the ghost train. Fuck. Toot toot. Boop boop. 